All right, Brock Besser, he's the longest tenured member of the Vancouver Canucks, which of course means that people want to trade him out of town. Well, guess what? Brock Besser ain't going anywhere. More on that next. It's Bagsy and it's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of Locked On Canucks. My name, Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credentialed media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. I got to tell you, go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And before we dive into today's show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks. It's your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Kyle, we're getting close to 500 subscribers, and that was reason for me to crack a mid-afternoon beer here. So Whoa. cheers to you, buddy. Cheers Dude, to the why? Locked On listeners out there. Let's go, baby. Why, why are you celebrating early, bro? We didn't even get there, man. You're one of those guys, man. You're living in the moment, and I like it, man. Why wait to give yourself your flowers, right? I, I like that, man. I think that's a message for people out there watching this. Don't wait. Uh, pat yourself on the back. Why not, right? Why not? Or... Or or be like me. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack that crack that beer when we actually hit the 500 mark in due time, right? It could take a year. It could take a week. Who knows? Who knows? Locked on Canucks, <laughs> your team every day. Shout out to the every day. Or shout out to the people not watching this as well. We're sending you love, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. A comment corner at the end of the show. We only had one comment from our last episode, but it's ironic. It's ironic because that guy's been commenting the same comment uh, for what? maybe like three episodes already, and it pretty much got declined by Besser and Alvin today. Just, it's ironic. We'll, we'll go through it at the end of the show. I, I am excited to go through this Brock-Besser conversation because I feel as if we found out this morning that he told Vancouver he does not want to get traded at all. It's been, yeah. it's been, it's been a, a crazy eight months for Besser when it comes to him wanting out to now him wanting to stay. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind for Brock Besser, and we're going to touch on that here. Uh, coming up later on the, in the show, we're going to touch on Dakota Joshua Nils Amon as well. What is their ceiling with the Vancouver Canucks? But first and foremost, that guy, Brock Besser. You know, after JT Miller signed that seven-year, $8 million extension, and then after Bo Horvath got traded, it seems like Brock Besser was uh, the favorite trade uh, bait candidate in this market for quite some time. And even before uh, Horvath got traded, you know, I'm old enough to remember December 2022. Uh, back when Brock Besser was going to be healthy scratched, uh, ironically, uh, with Dakota Joshua coming into the lineup. And then Jaco- uh, Joshua wasn't feeling well. Besser came back, had that emotional game on Hockey Fights Cancer Night, was almost in tears in the dressing room afterwards, talking about his father. Uh, so it's it's been an absolute whirlwind, right? Like at that time, uh, the reports were that um, Besser's agent had gotten involved to try to facilitate a trade. And here we are six months later, and Besser's rescinded his trade request. Reports coming out today that he had to sit down with Alvin after the season, said he wants to stay in Vancouver long-term. I also heard some reports today, uh, shout out to Thomas Strands at The Athletic, that Besser has kind of changed up his off-season routine. You know, usually he spends a lot of time at home in Minnesota. And now this guy is spending a lot of time in Vancouver getting ready for the season. So look, oh, it's okay. not a bold Rick take. Rick talking, to- man. Rick talking, <laughs> baby. Rick talking, man. The it's not camp. a bold take to say Brock Besser isn't going anywhere, Kyle. Damn, bro. Okay, he's bought in. He's bought into. Uh, he, he's bought into uh, what's 
going to be happening uh, moving forward for the Vancouver Canucks, right? And that's uh, that's a, a new philosophy, especially when it comes to how you approach September. And it starts with the fitness level, right? We, we kind of heard uh, the rumblings with Rutherford and Alvin talking about the culture, and, and some people were connecting the dots to, yeah, that was, you know, towards the attitude of the team, but also probably based – uh, that that statement was probably based on the fitness levels, right? Uh, the preparation. They kind of learned it at face value when they entered their first camp with this bunch this September, and they called it out right away. So the offseason matters. We keep talking about that. Boot camp, talk it. Boot camp, talk it, dude. I'm, again, I'm not going to be surprised if Kuzmenko and Tockett are roommates, man. <laughs> For real, man. Yeah. And maybe Besser's there too. Maybe they're, they're on the, the push-up push plan, right? The push-up plan. That's that's interesting. Thanks, thanks for reading that, Bagsy. Thanks for reading that note in that, man. That, that's why you're here, man. Yeah, do, doing what I can, man, especially since I'm going to leave you in the dust pretty much any moment now. Uh, who Oof. knows? Could be even a week away uh, with my wife. It could be five uh, minutes Past her due date now. Yeah, it could, it be, could be, be five, five minutes. minutes now. Who it knows, man? Who knows? There's a lot more um, uncertainty in my future than there is in Brock Bester's future. Because, yeah, man, this guy isn't going anywhere. And, and honestly, I know fans want the shakeup. Kyle, I think you even said it yesterday. Mm-hmm. That you want this core shaken up, but Brock Besser isn't going that. anywhere, and, and yeah, that that makes sense for the Vancouver Canucks for for Brock Besser to stay because we talked about it yesterday when really the main focus was Anthony Beauvillier. But with a guy like Brock Besser, even a guy like Connor Garland, you're selling low on them. You know, like the idea of trading Brock Besser, for, who by the way has scored at a first line rate in four of the last five seasons, has averaged 64 points a season per 82 games uh, throughout his NHL career. This guy's a legitimate top six winger and. I guess maybe he's been overanalyzed in this market because, yeah, he's hasn't been at his best the last couple seasons. Um, but I think there's good reason for that too, man. You know, I, we look at 2021-22, which was a worse season for him than this last season. I mean, the guy was at even strength, like almost like a fourth-line scoring rate. Um, obviously going through a lot with his dad and poor health. And then last season, it was his first season um, playing without his dad being around. So, you know, that's a tough thing to do. And, you know, when we talk about that off-season preparation, and you got, you got to give it your all at the NHL level. How can you give it your all when you got that on the back of your mind, like your dad's mm-hmm. health and everything like that? So things are more important than hockey, and I think that's what caught up to Bester last season. Um, hopefully now that there's been, like, some time has passed, um, and this guy, again, seems motivated to stay in Vancouver, to put in the work, and hopefully hit on his potential, man. Like, I could see Brock Bester having a big season here. I know I can see the argument for him needing a fresh start, and, Honest podcast here, honest podcasters. We've talked about him needing a fresh start, but I could also see a scenario where Brock Besser really bounces back for the Canucks next season. And on that note of of having a fresh start, you know who else needs a fresh start and a good fresh start? The Vancouver Canucks. It needs to be different at the start of the season, and it does start in training camp. And Begsy, I've done this many times on the show, right? I've been a hypocrite because I'm all over the place, and I'm a Canucks fan, right? And I'm going to do it right now again. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a hypocrite. Hypocrite mode activated. Hypocrite mode activated. And I'm gonna say two things here. I'm gonna say two things, and I think they make a lot of sense. First off, Brock Besser, good guy. Brock Besser now, possibly not going anywhere. He doesn't want to go anywhere. It's gonna be harder to move him. It's probably gonna be this way moving forward too. Brock Besser staying in Vancouver, and if we got the same, uh, you know, the same thing from JT Miller, you know, his commitment to the team. Uh, the team's commitment to him. Uh, I've been, I've been wishing nothing but the best for JT because he's here. He's stuck here, and I, I want next season to matter. So now, moving forward, I'm going to be wishing the best for Brock Besser. Let's let's 
Let's hope that he does everything that you think he can actually be. And let's hope that he does have a good chance to play with Pedersen for a full amount of time. And this work that he's doing in the offseason uh, pays off, right? Because it could pay off for Brock Besser. And then it could pay off a lot if he's lined up against one of the best players in the NHL, best offensive players in the NHL, Elias Pedersen. But again, I'll say this, and this is the other side of the coin. I'm a little mad at this too, because it's going to be harder for this team to look different, especially at the top. It's core going into September where year after year after year, this core has failed to prepare itself and be ready for the season. And when less change happens, because it's looking like that now, especially at the top, how can I trust that change is, how can I be more confident in a different result? It's gonna be based off of a little bit of luck and a lot of these guys being at their absolute peak, their best. And it's hard to trust that when, again, the Canucks have been one of the worst franchises, one of the most embarrassing franchises on and off the ice over the last couple of years. And we're getting the same version, it feels like. I see where you're going with this, but here's one thing I'll say about that. Goal scoring for the Canucks last season was not a problem. They were top top half of the league in scoring, uh, had a top half power play. Now, there's offensive capabilities on this team, and I think they showed that last season. I think the issue with this team is they can't defend. And last season, which was kind of a surprise, they couldn't stop pucks either, which hadn't happened a lot in recent history. Um, so there's a, there's a scenario where the Canucks, again, you might get a guy like Kuzmenko dropping off a bit, but then Besser theoretically should be better than he was last season. So I, I still see this mm. team being a legitimate offensive threat. It's the defensive side of the puck that they need to clean off. Can talk and install that. Um, again, we saw some positive signs, but hard to take away too much from, you know, 30 plus games of garbage time last season. Um, especially when the Canucks had one of the softest schedules in the league in the second half there. But there's a scenario where they can improve on the defensive side of the puck. Maybe talk. It can push some buttons that Travis Green wasn't able to push when he tried to instill that defensive mentality. Um, and here's actually a quote. Shout out to uh, Canucks Army and, and our, our buddy uh, David Quadrelli. Uh, he pulled this this morning. Uh, talk said this about Besser towards the end of the season. The only thing he, as in Besser, the only thing he has to work on is his defensive game and make sure he invests in other parts of his game as well. If you have a high hockey IQ, you look faster because feet will follow. And Brock is a smart guy. And honestly, I think talk is bang on. Like you look at Besser last season, 2.1 points per 60. That's a bona fide first line rate. Mm-hmm. Um, the scoring was there last season, but his defensive game fell off a cliff. Like statistically, he was one of the worst defensive wingers in the NHL. So if Brock Besser is even average defensively, which I think is possible, I think there's probably some regression to the More mean than there. Possible. Then he's, yeah, yeah 100%. Then he's going to be better the next season. So. Again, there's no point selling low on Besser right now. There's no point trading him and packaging the 11th overall pick just to get off his salary move down in the draft. I've said it time and time again in the show. It makes no sense for the Vancouver Canucks to do that. Find another way to clear cap space because selling low on Brock Besser isn't the way to do it. And again, I feel as if my mind is kind of clearing up and all over the place. And don't mind if I if I go back on my word, okay? I'm just wishing the best for the Vancouver Canucks. All right, people look at this like, oh, man, well, what type of podcaster are you? You're all over. The- I'm, not, I'm not a podcaster, man. I'm a Canucks fan here, okay? For real, for real, for real. Uh, my mind's clearing up, and I feel as if, yeah, Brock Best is the guy to keep when it comes to the wingers that they have on this team and that they can possibly move out because he's by far and away the most different out of the rest. You know, Mikheyev, Garland, Beauvillier, they're different, but they're they're somewhat kind of sort of similar. Besser's the outlier there. So, yeah, it's yeah, 
it's it's the little things it's the intensity it's again all the personal stuff that Besser was going through as well you know it's it's hard to be super super locked in when your mind is in so many places rightfully so and your heart is in so many places it's hard to tap into that next level of intensity or whatever it is but the you know Trevor and I've said it so many times and I think the market has said it so many times about Besser he, he's such an intelligent player and that's why he picks up points he knows how to find yeah. holes in the the offensive zone and he makes good plays so yeah I'm kind of gearing up to warming up uh, to the idea of Besser Kuzmenko and Pedersen being on a line somehow yeah yeah bro it's like your, your mind's like, clearing yeah. up. I think we got some telekinesis going because I was just about to say that. You, mm. you almost took the last word out of my mouth. Hey, it's funny. You're saying you're saying that your mind's clearing up. Mine's, my, my mind's getting more foggy because I'm having this mid-afternoon <laughs> IPA here. Shout out to Granville Island. Hey, shout uh, out to the, the city, Brockton West, West Coast, Coast West IPA. Coast. Yeah, there we go. There we go. But, you know, kind of one of the last things I wanted to say on this was uh, looking at Brock Besser's statistical profile at five on five over the, over the past few seasons. Honestly, with playing playing with JT Miller, he's been horrendous defensively. Like that duo on the ice. <laughs> has given up a lot, both in terms of actual goals, expected goals, scoring chances. I, I personally, I know they have some offensive chemistry, but I personally don't want to see JT Miller and Brock Besser on the line next season. I want to see Pedersen, um, Kuzmenko, and Besser on the line next season. Give it a shot. Brock Besser and Pedersen have had good underlying numbers over the past three seasons. That doesn't even include the 2019-20 season uh, where they really tore it up together alongside JT Miller. Uh, let's give that uh, juiced first line a go next season. Let's go, baby. Brock Besser, Elias Pedersen, Andre Kuzmenko. Do it, Rick Duckett. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. You're watching Locked On Canucks. I don't know why I said do it, do it, do it. Hey, hit the like button, subscribe. Uh, shout out to an, an upcoming sponsor and another ad read from Trevor Beggs right here oh, yeah. on Locked you know, On Canucks. You know, Kyle, do it, do it, do it. You know what else you got to do? You got to download the game time app, buddy, okay? Okay, you got to do it because, you know, I'm a, I'm a big last-minute deals guy. And when I'm like, I need to go buy some last-minute tickets, I got to do it. I'm going to do it on game time, okay? Because Ooh. game time, they got my back. I get these emails from Nicole at game time. She's always teasing me with concerts and sporting events in my area. And not only are those weekly emails a tease, but game time also offers me and you last-minute flash deals on last-minute tickets. What's even better than that is that they have a lowest price guarantee along with event protection cancellation. Now I have no choice but to get off my rear end and check out our show on a Friday night. Let me tell you a bit more about that game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section of row for less, game time will credit you with 110% of the difference. Wow. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Wow is right. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create a create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You're back. You're back on Locked On. Canucks, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen, your team every day. Uh, Beggsy, man. Beggsy's doing it again, man. I'm telling you, this guy's the—I wrote it on the bottom of yesterday's episode, okay? I said that you're probably one of the toughest— semi-pro podcasters in the world right now because what you're going through what's on the line uh you know uh, your pregnant wife your very pregnant wife just by you by your side and you're here talking canucks with the people like dude i dude i, I can barely you know uh ha have the emotional capacity for a a unpregnant woman and you're 
you're here when she's she's working overtime and you're just you're just here you're here like yo i can't hold your hand anymore i can't get you what you need i gotta talk about fourth liners on locked on canucks so <laughs> you're you're out there man you're a tough guy man you brave when I do something, man, I, I, you got to go all in. You know, it's it's mm. not locked on Canucks, your team, when we feel like it. It's locked on Canucks, your team, every mm. day. So we got to do it, buddy. That's why we're here. Uh, player review season, talking about Dakota Joshua and Neil Zaman. Quickly, before we get to Dakota Joshua and Neil Zaman, what would, how would you grade Brock Besser's season last year? I would grade it as a, a B-. minus. B-. minus. Uh, bro, if you if you asked me yesterday, it would have been a C plus. okay? But... Now he's on he's he's on the team. He's on the squad going into next season. Are we giving him a B, all right? We giving him a B. For real. Yeah, I was going to say C+, but you said we. And I think that's uh we is in locked on Canucks baby. You're a team every day. So, yeah, Brock Bresser, <laughs> let's give him a B- minus because I, I I think he got too much flack for um his game last year in general when he did score the first line rate, when he did show some promise towards the end of the season, but defensively he was horrendous. Wait, like he, if he was even up, average man. defensively, it'd be a different season. I broke it down, Bagsy. I broke it down, okay? You've been loving Brock Besser this whole time. You're holding on to him. At first, I was like, yo, does this guy have a Brock Besser jersey? Like, it's one of his few jerseys? Does he just want it to last forever? But no, nah, I broke it down, bro, and I'm here to spoil the news. It's because you're naming your son Brock. Brock Bags, man. It, it just <laughs> unbelievable, man. Double B, you stole the thing from me. I've been trying to save that for me, you know, naming my future offspring uh, with a B so they get the double B nickname. Dude, Brock Beggs, double B, baby. I I, uh, I need to break it to you, Kyle, and this is probably uh, more unorthodox than most, but uh, Wifey and I actually hyphenate the last name, and she's got the cooler oh, cool. last name, so we put it first. So it's, it'd actually be Kazda Beggs. So there wouldn't be nice. any BB. It'd be BK if I went with Brock. Brock Kazda Beggs. But yeah, Brock's not the name. I think we picked the name, and it's not Brock, so... Uh, you can so you you can you can go Brock you can go Brock Bowen man no problem okay oh there no you problem go. at all <laughs> okay uh, maybe I'll go with uh, Dakota Kazdebegs no I'm just kidding let's let's not take <laughs> names for any Canucks right now that's even though my parents named me after Trevor Linden you know I just I don't need to follow oh, their wow. footsteps man they were they were I watching to... a competitive team at the time and uh, right now I'm watching uh, a, a perennial loser so I'll I'll name yeah. maybe I'll name my my next Oof. kid after a Canuck if the team's playing well. Oof. Continue, man. Oh, man. Continue. But hey, maybe Dakota Joshua and Neil Zaman could be part of the solution moving forward. And, and Kyle, I think they actually took some good steps under Talkit. Um, I'm going to touch on Almond first because I think his situation to me, it's a bit more intriguing. I think we talked about him a little less, but I don't even know if it was so much Rick Talkit that um, inspired Neil Zaman to play a bit better or motivated him, taught him to play a bit better. I think it was that uh, demotion to the AHL because Almond mm -hmm. came up made the team out of camp, looked good in the first few games, and then he was just lost out there for like 30 mm -hmm. games of the season. Kind of just mm -hmm. floating out there in a fourth-line role. I mean, he wasn't... I was going to say he wasn't getting crushed. He kind of was getting crushed analytically. But I think after he went to the AHL, got a bigger role, had a, a, an elevated role in the lineup, he started to get some confidence down there. He looked like a different player when he came back to the Canucks. And, you know, there's some small things to like about his game, like he was having more penalty kill time. Uh, he was kind of like league average penalty killer in those minutes. Um, I look at I once said I like his five on five points per 60. Um, so Nils Amon was 0 0.8 points per 60 uh, before his demotion. And that is pretty much like a, a replacement level rate, you know, mm -hmm. um, back with Rick Tockett when he made it back up, he's up to 1.1 points per 60, which is a fourth line rate. Kind of that fourth line rate for me is 4.2 to, to 0 0.9. 
So Amon, again, he looked like a, a bona fide fourth liner. Again, he was playing third line minutes on a lot of nights, which is probably more than you want. But at the end of this guy, this guy at the end, at the end of the day, this guy takes a lot of defensive zone faceoffs, has a lot of kind of tougher minutes, plays some penalty kill. To me, he's definitely a solution on the fourth line moving forward if he can keep that uh, performance up. Yeah, and you brought up uh, some of the intangibles from Amon as well, who, again, could be a big part of the bottom six because uh, we're, we're talking about a guy that has been, you know, touted and then let go and not believed in to sign with the Canucks to having a good start with Boudreaux to then being demoted. So there's like another opportunity for him to just kind of evaluate and not take it to the next level. And he did just that. He took it to the next level. And then when he got back up to play with the Canucks, a meaning, a meaningless team, you know, playing uh, games that really didn't matter. It's, it's sometimes hard. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to play those games for sure for competitive guys, but he was there uh, competing for a spot this season already. Like that, that was his mindset. And that just goes to show you that he takes this, very, 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 very serious. And you need that in the room, especially from players in your bottom six. Yeah. One thing I would like to see the Canucks do, though, Kyle, is, okay, don't don't make it easy for Almond and training camp. Like, go sign a guy who can challenge for a fourth-line center spot. Uh, a guy that comes to my mind, and uh, ironically, we talked about him in terms of finding the next Dakota Joshua, but Redeem Zahorna, big six foot six, 220-pound center. Uh, he's played 35 NHL games with five goals and 11 points in those games. Okay. And he's a guy to me that can take some faceoffs. He can kill some penalties. He's a big body. I think he can push for an NHL job. To me, that's a guy I'd like to see the, guy, uh, the Canucks go out and sign and make Almond work for it. Like, don't give this guy a fourth line center job. Make him earn. Make him earn it again. Here to last off season. Make him earn it again. Don't make it easy on Nils Amon. Okay, um, so do you take that similar uh, approach? Which I like, Trevor. You bringing it, Trevor, man. You bringing it. You upping it right there, man. Straight up, man. That's that's. That's that's the you sound like a dad there, okay? You sound like a dad, a hundred percent, okay? Yeah, I'm about get, to have a son, man. I got to practice. Do you, do you do you take that same approach with a position that Dakota Joshua holds? I I do, but I, I think he's probably earned it just based on his performance last season. Like to me, Almond's still on the cusp. I think Joshua's earned it, and you know, I I kind of look at how he performed under Talkit. And I'm, I'm going to bring up 505 points per 60 again. So Joshua under Boudreaux had 1.14 points per 60. Yeah, it's it's a fourth line rate. Under Tockett, though, 1.48 points per 60, which is like a middle of the pack third line rate. I wouldn't even say low end, but a middle of the pack third line rate. So I thought Joshua, they both got better as the season went on, but Joshua really stood out. I mean, this guy was earning opportunities to play alongside Elias Pettersson in the lineup. So at the end of the day, the Canucks have a glut of wingers and depending what they do in the offseason, I think it might just be by default that Josh is going to have to work for his job. But um, no, I think he's mm. probably earned a, a bit more respect in training camp in terms of uh, having the job. Um, it's his job to lose at the end of the day. But um, yeah, I, I think he's probably earned er, he's earned a spot on this team based on how he played last season, more so than Almond, I'd say. And again, an outlier when it comes to uh, the roster in general. I know we should be talking more about the skill set and how those things really match up. But again, an outlier on a team that has Garland, Beauvillier, Mikheyev, yeah. Huglander, and Pod Colson. And we'll touch on Pod Colson and Huglander tomorrow and how this Besser news kind of relates to them. But I think with all that being said, it it does make sense that Dakota Joshua, yeah, he, he has a job next season being a big part of that bottom six. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know Joshua. I think he's best suited in a fourth line role. I think he can play higher in the lineup if needed. But you know, if you're constructing your perfect lineup, you know Stanley Cup contender, uh, Joshua is a fourth liner and, and no more than that. So that's how we should be properly slotted in to the Vancouver Canucks going into next season. Yeah, and uh, that, that, that's that's it right there, man. That's a perfect amount of fourth line talk that I have in me, okay, on a sunny day. <laughs> a sunny day. Perfect amount. Yeah. All right? That, that's I, what we have to give the people. Do you, do you want me to grade them on, on our behalf, or do you want to grade yeah, them? Yeah, no, 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 do it. No, come on. You get the grades out. Uh, I'm going to give Joshua B plus. Uh, again, Ooh. based on relative expectation, I'm going to give Joshua B plus. Uh, I'm going to give Almond a B minus. Okay, there you go. Locked on Canucks. Your All team right. every day. Kyle Bowen, right. Trevor Beggs. Let's go. Yeah, comment corner on the other side. But uh, first, I'm giving an A-plus to these guys, and they're bird dogs, okay? Because, Kyle, you know, we're getting older, grumpier, crustier. And for Whoa. guys like us, we need to prioritize comfort. Not just comfort, mm-hmm. but we got to look sexy too, okay? We're Again, we've got more wrinkles going on with oh, yeah, uh, with sure. some sexy bird dogs apparel. Uh, they're helping us look uh, a bit more fresh and clean for sure. Uh, speaking of fresh and clean, I know you got a new haircut too. So n- nice work there, buddy. I got a story about um, this haircut too. We'll get to it after the, the ad. Read. All right. All right. So, hey, true story about my bird dog shorts, okay? When I first put on a pair of my bird dog shorts, my genitals started singing to me. Whoa. It was unbelievable, Kyle. Like, oh. <laughs> it was opera, okay? Oh, man. Like a little bit Josh Groban-esque, you know? It was beautiful. Okay, cool. So that's cool. the power of bird dog shorts right there because, yeah. It's more than just a pair of shorts. Find out your find out for yourself by going to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tumblers, man. They save you money. That's the best advice I gave you today. You're listening to Locked On Canucks, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, uh, your team every day. Again, shout out to shout out to Beggsy, okay? He gets all the love on today's episode because of how much he's trying. For the people, okay, hundred percent. You, you, you motivating me. All right, to pick your bros. You know, I was gonna go. No, you know what? We're not gonna go there. Okay, so I do want to <laughs> touch on the haircut story. Okay, Begsy, you know how I am with my haircuts, right? A bit over the top, yeah. over the top, way too over the top. You know, there's a time in my life where I was making a little bit more money. I'm getting a haircut every week. I'm getting a haircut every week. Do the math. All right, and and brutal. I care. Maybe too much, but it is what it is. It's a part of the the the, the self care routine, I guess. Anywho, haircuts matter. And today I got a haircut, and my barber, who I always go to, been going to this guy for, I think four years now. He's in the Philippines. I forgot. I forgot that he's in the Philippines. Okay, so I call the barber shop and I'm like, I need a cut. Big weekend coming up. Get me in. And they're like, Yo, we only have one slot left this week. I, I can get you in at eleven o'clock with a dude named Joe. And I'm thinking, okay, sure. I've been in that barbershop every every couple of weeks for four years. I know everyone there. I don't know them my names because I only care about Ronnie. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. So I'm thinking Joe is one of the other guys. I get there, and I'm looking around, and all the barbers that I know, they have somebody in their chair. I'm like, okay, whatever. Who, who's this Joe guy? You know who Joe was? Joe, I'm assuming, and this might be the bad thing to do here, but I'm just assuming because based on timeline, and he, and he came from the country a year ago, I believe he was, he was a refugee slash escapee of Ukraine. That's the dude who was cutting my hair today. And it was it was scary. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I have trust issues. But I think he pulled through with a solid performance. He did. 
I was impressed. Yeah, I mean, what a I mean your, hair, your haircut looks good to me. I mean, my main takeaway, aside from uh, you being a bit soft, is um, a haircut a week when you're making money, man. I get a haircut once every two months, buddy. Actually, really I got a, I went four months without a haircut. I, I, I went January to like a couple of weeks ago. Whoa, four months without a haircut? Bro, like, yeah, think, about your, think about your girl, bro. That's Come on, bro. Keep it fresh for I was lady, pull, I was pull, I was pulling it off, man. I was That's pulling it off. That's the problem with good. society, man. Come on. We just, you know, come on, man. What was that? What was that word you used before? Uh, like courtship, right? Or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, always making sure that, you know, you're being uh, you're being romantic with your partner. I feel as if, you know, getting a haircut is just that. Anyways, anyways, comic corner <laughs> at the end of the show, locked on Canucks, your team every day. Only had a couple comments from the last episode. And uh, we'll start with this one from a previous episode. Okay. Cause I needed, I needed some substance for the, for the, for the section today. Okay. So we have Kemper Canucks again, another I think he's like a podcaster or something. He makes YouTube yeah, videos on the Canucks. He's got his own channel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Go check him out. We're sending love. Okay. Uh, he he asked you if we trade it back to seventeen or nineteen, who would Vancouver target? Uh, I got this question for him. Why didn't he ask me, dude? Come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He, he made the right call. Maybe, I think he talked. I think he said four or five times that episode. Like you know, I'm, I haven't watched a lot of prospects, so maybe that was it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out to Kemper Canucks, and I think Jacob Lee popped up there as well. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the, uh, quickly. I mean, I I often rely on you just to tell me what the comments are, but I actually went back and read these comments and I replied mm-hmm. to uh, Kem- Kemper. Um, I said that my targets in that range, if the Canucks were going to go back to seventeen nineteen, would probably be Colby Barlow. Um, he's a big winger. Um, I actually heard uh, Jason Bukala, uh, former NHL what? scout with Sportsnet, on the radio today. What? He compared Colby Barlow to Brock Besser with like a bit more skating ability and size, which I seemed okay. to me seemed a bit optimistic, but. Um, Colby Barlow looks he looks older than us bro like he's got the flow he's got the big beard but uh, from Whoa. the tape I've watched I really like that guy's game uh, Quentin Musty I think he's a Whoa. bit more he's another big winger but a bit more one-dimensional I think but I think he, he could be a target in that range um, not as well-rounded but really dynamic offensive player and, he, and he's got some size and the and the third name I threw out to Kemner Canucks was I believe Tanner Molenduck so he's a defenseman. Uh, he had a bit of a growth spurt this year, gone from about 5'10 to almost six feet. Uh, one of the best skating defensemen in the draft. Did not have a great statistical season. Like for a somewhat undersized defenseman, you like to see him score more. But uh, from the tape I watched, this guy really knows how to skate, really knows how to defend. So those are kind of the three players I threw it to Cameron and Canucks there. If the Canucks are going to move back to uh, around that kind of 17-19 range. You're such a nerd, man. You're such a nerd. Okay, Bedard's burner uh, was a comment from yesterday's episode. <laughs> he said... Uh, He's a no-brainer, okay? And he's referring to who the Canucks should trade. That, that was what the video was about, Beauvillier or Besser. Again, Besser announced today that he wants to stay in Vancouver. Anyways, Bedard's burner said uh, it's a no-brainer, okay? Besser in the 11th for Chicago's 19th and 51st overall. That's not happening anymore, but I wonder if Garland uh, replaces Besser in the, the conversation. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Can they Can they, can I, they? somehow do it? Can they? Can they be like, you know what? We don't even want... The other second rounder, can you just take Myers as well? I think trading Myers is very optimistic. Although when I read that hockey Raiders article that I mentioned a couple of shows ago about mm-hmm. uh, you know Myers in the eleventh pick being packaged for the seventeenth, a second rounder and a fourth rounder, I was like, holy crap! If the Canucks got that done, I'd probably crap my pants. <laughs> yeah. um, first off, um, Bedard's burner. I, I I did ask. You know, Bedard's burner there. Like, you know, are you considering not going to Chicago? And he said no. He wanted to play for the greatest sports city ever. So, um, yeah, whatever. That's uh, take take it with that what you will. 
But oh, wow. uh, put some respect on uh, Brock Besser's name there, Bedard's Burner. Like, learn how to spell. First off, it's B O E. Be nice to the guy. He's a fan, bro. Come on, man. Yeah. Be nice to yeah. him, man. That's what no, the, the ups told us. Be nice to your fans. He's man. a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Okay. Oh. You, you think I'm going to sit here on Locked On Canucks and be Whoa. nice to a Chicago Blackhawks fan? Dude, he's a far- Come on, man. Come on. Okay. Not Before happening. we wrap things up, though, I got to touch on that last one, right? Yeah, I, I missed one. Uh, uh, Jacob Lee, it's too hard to predict a number 11 without knowing who's available. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Sorry, man. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Sh- Come on, man. But I did think he uh, he mentioned Mitch Cobb in the comment as well. Uh, yeah, I think if he's available there based on some of the tweets I've read, yeah, that's my knowledge on the prospect pool. <laughs> They're going to take him, man. They're going to take him, okay? Locked on Canucks, your team every day, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. Trevor, man, you worked overtime today for the people. And uh, just round of applause. If you got to the end of the show, round of applause and send love to Trevor in the comments below. Subscribe, hit the like button, and as always, Begsy, you can uh, you can sign us out. All right, yeah, that's uh, great seeing you on the show here, buddy. Uh, but of course, we're not here without the fans. So shout out to our everydayers, shout out to the occasional listeners. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Locked On Canucks family, baby. We got shows coming out five days a week, and tomorrow's show, if I'm around, if my wife's not in labor, it'll be Vasily Pod Coles and Nils Hoglander. What does their future hold with the Vancouver Canucks? Will they even be Vancouver Canucks heading forward? We're going to touch on that tomorrow. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That beast is Kyle Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.